Welcome to the Merge Podcast. I'm so excited to have you today as we always seek to talk about merging life together. And so I have a good friend of mine, uh, call him my brother from another mother, uh, but his name is Shell Eames. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're going to have a funny podcast today. And it's so he is the owner, yeah, owner of Crown Studios, CEO of uh, Jackson Music Group, and I'm sure he's going to talk about that, and the producer of many well-known recording artists in which we can talk about later as well. Uh, but I would love for him to tell you a little a bit about himself and then talk about his morning routine. Awesome. That's a, that's a really awesome way to lead in, actually, to talk about morning routines. It's super important. Um, yeah. Today is a strange day because of the weather, and I don't, I don't know uh, when people are going to watch this or see this or hear this, but... Um, I actually am at home because I had to shut the studio down. There's a bunch of tornado warning things right. going on. So I'm surrounded by my son's toys. So if I get distracted at any point, <laughs> it's because there's like irresistible dinosaurs scattered all over the house. So um, yeah. I would say my morning routine today has been pleasantly disrupted. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Mine too. Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad that everybody so far that I've checked on, everyone's safe. So um, these things are strange, aren't they? It's like sometimes yeah. it's, you know, just goes right over top. And then sometimes it can just reset people's lives entirely, like mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. knock everything out of balance. So we just got to uh, be ready for it. Yeah. Prayers for, for everybody if, if anything like that happens to them, because uh, yeah. that's that's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. That's true. Well, tell me, uh, tell me, tell me, um, tell me how you started. Tell me how you started. Tell me how, yeah. how the Shell Ing comes to be the great Shell Ings. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the great. Oh man, I don't know if I deserve all that. Um, I am try. I try to be great. That's I definitely try. Yes. Um, uh -huh. I think that the journey is super important. So, uh, definitely striving for that. Um, but my story is a little bit all over the place. I don't know how far mm -hmm. back do you want to go, Zach. Well, I, I think I want, I want you to start from uh, how did you start in music um, and then go into uh, your connections as pertains to how you got connected into the music world and then talk about um, what do you see in the future as pertains to music in, within yourself and where you're trying to go with the new project that you have that I'm sure you're going to talk with us about. So. I'm excited about all of it, yes. Um yeah, music for me uh, starts at the beginning. I, I always tell people I don't remember learning to <laughs> do music. It just was always yeah. around. And there, that's a common thread for a lot of musicians and producers. And uh, I think mm -hmm. that's not super novel for me to say that, but it is definitely the case, cliche or not, in my life where right, uh, right. I tell I tell people it's like you don't remember learning to speak your first language. You don't remember learning to do music. Like they're, they're mm -hmm. just kind of always Correct. grew up together. And so 
I had guitars around the house or mm. I was always fascinated by listening to uh, my parents' records and the things that they had mm -hmm. and thinking about well, how was, you know, how, how, how does this part of the music match with this part of the music and what would happen mm -hmm. if you took this, you know, drum out or so my mind was already kind of thinking about those things. And mm -hmm. my mom tells the story that I used to, I used to have concerts in the house. I had one of those red wagon things and I would load yeah. it up with all my stuffed animals <laughs> and like roll it around the house. And I would array different like locations to do shows. And mm -hmm. my, mom, my mom says I would give her and my dad tickets to all the shows and uh, <laughs> charge all my stuffed animals to come and see. And so the concept of like music, whether that's, writing songwriting and playing instruments or now a lot of what i'm doing is more on the business side as well yeah that that stuff has been around and and kind of with me from the beginning so mm. um yeah it, it so was kind of predestined a, it was predestined for you to do it you could maybe say is it's in the in a design if, if yeah uh, it's by design you want to call it yeah. that by design I yeah, think yeah. I fought against that for a long, for many, many years. I think I felt uh, I'm kind of a, a fighter by nature. So when right. something came too naturally, I would fight against that by saying, well, I can do whatever I want. I don't have to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And so right. for many years, I chased a lot of other careers and a lot of other, I uh, had other businesses and things. Um, mm -hmm. And in the back of my mind, maybe always thinking, you know, music was. Uh, right. Music so so I want to know, you said something about records. And so yeah. you said they kind of help you. Uh, I know that tapes and CDs helped me to have a better appreciation for music. Uh, yeah. My dad was a collector. My, well, my dad and my granddaddy are collectors of Malico records. Uh, yes. Kind of like tapes and CDs. Mm -hmm. And so um, we had like all of the famous gospel singers. My granddaddy had the blues singers. And so um, that kind of helped my yeah. understanding of music per se. But you said records. So what are some of your uh, favorite records? Uh, since we are both record collectors, what are some of your favorite yeah. records uh, that you oh, have? Oh, man. Um, where to even begin? <laughs> I love so many different <laughs> records for so many different reasons. I uh, At this point, I'm really into... Uh, this stuff that we're creating. And I, I actually, mm -hmm. I'm not an avid consumer anymore, uh, right. which I, you know, I realized that is, that's a, that's a thing I'm working on again, but I, I really get locked in with the records that we're making right now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, that's predominantly what I'm listening to, but I mean, what was around the house growing up was a really eclectic. Yeah. Yeah. What was around the right. house that you, that there was like, like for my mother, for my mother, it was Whitney Houston. Oh yeah. Uh, so Whitney yeah. Houston and, and, uh, Teddy Pendergrass, yeah. you know, um, the Jackson five. So yeah, those were absolutely. around her house. So yeah. those, those records, um, but then also things like, um, uh, weird stuff, like, uh, maybe some Eagles records were around yeah, the house yeah. or like, uh, hopefully my parents don't hear this cause I'm throwing them under the bus probably, but like <laughs> we had Celine Dion records that I used to belt at the uh -huh. top of my lungs, like just, yeah. it's just everything. And I think the, because of where I grew up, um, which is, uh, 
was in Papua New Guinea. So we, we didn't have a lot of access to uh, things that were as they were happening contemporaneously. We had friends right. that would send stuff overseas to us. Um, okay. But, you know, we didn't have, it wasn't as easily like you could decide that you like this and then go out and get that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was more so yeah. this is what was available. So I think how that shaped me was the way I approach music is, is very much, um, I, I get attached to certain feelings mm-hmm. and not necessarily, mm. um, it's, it's just very easy for me to find those and things that like maybe on face value, I may not be crazy about a certain genre, but I'll find a feeling in, in a certain chord progression in the verse and latch onto it. And as soon as I have a feeling, I can relate to the whole song now. So yeah. I think maybe that's part of where, for me, the incessant need to hop in multiple genres all the time. Maybe some mm-hmm. of that comes from my early childhood of not really being able to pick records. Yeah. Um, instead, just kind of whatever records other people sent us, I would just find the things that I liked about those and then spend a lot of time daydreaming and thinking about how I would make my favorite version of all these, take my parts that I love of all these things and put them together. So, 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 like, so. So I know about the records and, and then you said the, um, the piecing from different genres. So, um, so what, so what, so what about you living overseas helped you, uh, culturally through the, through, through the music that they have, um, or had, um, to, to help you kind of shape your appreciation for diversity of, of music say it like that that's an awesome question um and it's something that's like really it it's like right next to it's like right in between my heart and my soul it's like right there for me um and i think in new guinea specifically in the place in new guinea where i grew up there was a lot of um reggae music and Mm -hmm. then when i where i went to boarding school there was a lot of hip-hop music um on the radio and so no matter what I was listening to, I, I, it, whether it was in the tribe or whether it was at the boarding school, I got mm-hmm. into rhythm in a, in a really intense way. So even when I think about something like a melody, I, I hear those things rhythmically, mm-hmm. um, rhythmically orientated in that. And yeah. for me, like the one thing that probably ties what I like about music across the board is is, is the movement that inspires. Right. So if it, if it mm-hmm. you know, something makes me do this or something makes yeah. me do this, or does it make me do this? Or mm-hmm. how, like, how does that rhythm move my body? And then right. that, like, as long as there's that kind of connection going on and mm-hmm. that doesn't have to have drums to make movement, like melody can make movement, right. you know, right. chord, chord progressions can make movement. Mm-hmm. But as long as it's creating movement, I really like, I can connect to it. I can find something. I think maybe, I think maybe growing up in a tribe and then going to an international boarding school and being exposed to a lot of things, like just a lot of different styles, whether that's something that's hot in the Middle East or something that's hot in Europe or Mm -hmm. something that's hot in like, like Afro beat style or reggaeton, or then you mix Mm -hmm. that with like uh, an Indian, like sitar, or I love, I love like abstract conglomerations mm-hmm. of feelings yeah, yeah. as long as it makes me move it, there's something that i can connect to so i don't know if that See, answers the question that that answers the question because uh that, that kind of speaks to what i i try to do in my classroom 
uh, with my children is is provide them with a uh, a global understanding of music, in which we in which which we That's call so beautiful, yeah, which we call world music. And mm. then when you were talking about, well, I don't need the drum, yeah, we we don't need the drum because our body is a percussion right. instrument, and so we can use our body in various ways to express uh, what we feel based on the music that we hear. And that causes yes. us to move our body and, and stuff like that, which, which brings us into the next segment of, of what I want to ask you, which is, um, when you first started as a producer, uh, what's something that was more challenging, uh, than you expected, uh, when you started in the, mm. in the world of producing, what was something that was challenging to you? That's another excellent question, sir. Um, so um, I guess maybe I'll make a distinction between producing as like as I'm growing up to mm -hmm. maybe at a point where it became a professional occupation. So right, right. Um, initially, as a as a kid growing up, the things that used to frustrate me would be knowing what sounds and feelings I wanted to, to feel and, and help mm -hmm. others get to um, musically, but not always knowing how to do that. Right. Um, right. So, you know, not, I'm not a great singer. So hearing a melody, but being like, I can't, mm -hmm. I, I hear exactly what we need to do here, but I, I can't show you or, you know, right. that kind right. of thing, or, uh, you know, playing guitar, you know, maybe I hear a, a really a cool riff that, I just am not capable of playing that riff. I couldn't get close, but so that used mm -hmm. to frustrate me a lot, um, growing yeah. up. And then on the, um, the professional side, there was a different challenge, um, that came in the early years of that. And which was honestly feeling, feeling as a sense of passion and this is probably part of my personality, but like a, a really mm -hmm. intense passion for the music that I'm working on with somebody and occasionally feeling maybe like my passion for that project might be overwhelming the project or coloring yeah. the project yeah. too far or just trying to learn to walk that line. Because as a producer, your role is really a, a servant role. It's really mm -hmm. it's, your, your job is to be a servant of the artist's needs. and. Right it's not your name on the project, you know, when it's, mm -hmm. when it's Al Schmidt said that he said, you know, when it's, uh, when it's your name, that's on the project. Well, then it's your turn to, you know, to mm -hmm. take a little bit more ownership or, or to, you know, take a little more control of it. But if, if you're helping somebody else and it's their name on the project, you really need to serve the project. You really need to fit right. in where, where you can to help get the artist to their vision. That transition was, you know, just took some navigating for sure to learn how to maybe, dial my passion or my enthusiasm for something back enough so that it didn't overcolor what the goals of the artist was for each project, because that ultimately is the most important uh, aspect of, of all of this. And that's really what makes each project cut is that every artist is unique. And so mm -hmm. it took me a while to learn, well, the way to make every project cut will be to lean into what makes this artist beautiful and unique in their own right. Right. That's, that's, that's very interesting that, um, from that perspective, yeah, it's very interesting. And, and, and that could be a challenge for producers, yeah. uh, yeah. and, uh, um, 
coming into your studio, I, I can see what you're talking about <laughs> and, and see the, the, um, the passion that you have for, for helping artists be the best that they can be and, uh, pushing them to the point, uh, where they want to give up, but then they, they just get to that, that moment. And then they do something that they could not believe that they could do. Uh, and, uh, we've done that, uh, both with each other. So, um, yeah, you've done it to me. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that's a beautiful yeah. way to say it, Zach. I could, I mm -hmm. could not ever say it better than that. That was, that was brilliant. Yeah. 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 And, um, so, so I want to, I want to talk about what transformed you personally from when you first started, uh, as a producer to now being in the role of management and going into something that I believe uh, is going to bless a lot of people. Because uh, we you. talked about it a while back, but but mm -hmm. I believe this is going to bless a lot of people. So uh, tell me a bit, a little bit about how it transformed you personally. Um, so Jackson Music Group was something that was maybe not specifically in that name. It took me a little bit to get rid of all of the crazy names to come back to like mm -hmm. the name that made the most sense. <laughs> um, some of the early names, boy, Zach, mm -hmm. so, quick side note. I found an original business card that I had from like uh, 10 or so years ago. And literally the, like the I, I'll show you, we're not gonna talk about it. It's too embarrassing to talk about it on here. <laughs> I'll show you in the next session. It's incredibly yes. embarrassing. Uh, oh, I say goodness. that to say, yeah, um, <laughs> hi, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the concept of Jackson music group was there in the beginning, but the realization that I was not equipped to do that was also there. I mm -hmm. was so blessed and privileged to have, uh, had the opportunity as I was building crown and producing records to work as a front house engineer for, um, a lot of different artists ranging many different genres and, um, mm -hmm. some of them and, you know, at the very highest levels of, of like a career as a touring artist. And so, right. um, I got to see like how the industry moves and works on that level. And it became quickly abundantly clear to me that, you know, to, to just jump in for me, for me to just jump in and say, Oh, uh, you know, my name is shell ends and I own a label and that would be doing a disservice to the artists that I was trying to help because I genuinely couldn't provide those things. I hadn't right. worked in the industry long enough. I hadn't, I didn't have the connections to help, uh, from a booking standpoint. I, I couldn't get anyone on radio when I started, I could, you know, all those things. Mm -hmm. It was like, I could call myself a label, but I'm really actually hurting the artists. But the one thing I know I can do really well is I can help them make records. So that's right. So I started there as I continued building all of the connections and, Malcolm Gladwell says in his book, uh, it takes about 10,000 hours, I think, to become yeah. a master of something. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I think he's roughly right. Like, I think if you really want to be great at something, you have to commit yourself to, you know, five, six, seven, eight years of, of really intense focus and work if you really want to be great at it. So mm -hmm. Jackson Music Group kind of stayed in the back burner and, um, and honestly... I, be, I became content and was waiting on uh, maybe a higher power to be like, now is time. Um, mm -hmm. And 
I just kept working as hard as I could to, and helping as, as much as I could trying to help people make what the records that they want, what their vision was for the records. Mm-hmm. But we kept running into this thing where we would make these records that I believed were competitive anywhere. They were incredible, like just hair on your forearm, stand up records, love them, mm-hmm. love them. But we, we put those out and we weren't feeling like we were able to connect those records to the fans. So something mm-hmm. was missing. Um, and so, you know, we felt like time and time again, here are these amazing records. How do we get them to the right people to hear them? And right. so the label thing in the back of my head, just, it never went away. It was always like, I think this is the solution. I'm sure this is what we need to do, but it doesn't, I'm just a gut guy. And my gut is just telling me now is not the time. Now is not the time. Well, um, a couple of years ago, I, uh, was really focused on producing records. And I, um, mm-hmm. I really wanted to make a country record. I had never made a country record before. Didn't understand country music, but I thought this is, like this, yeah. this is the last genre on my checklist. I've I really want to produce a country record, and so I started putting <laughs> that energy out there. I started talking about it, and I kid you not, like I think less than two weeks from me making that, like that, uh, pushing that energy out and saying I mm-hmm. want to do a country record, um, a guy named William Cook calls me, and mm. um, and he goes, Hey, he goes, I got your name from so and so, which is an artist that I worked with, um, Dylan Davis. We've done uh, like a CCM record. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, he's, we've got this really awesome opportunity and it's like, we need this turned around in like a week, like track mix master. We need it done in a week. And he was yeah. like, can you do it? And I just remember hearing him explain it and, and hearing that country record and thinking like, okay, like this is, this has got to be a God thing because like, I, I just put this out in the universe and I have no idea how I'm going to get it done, turned around in a week, but. I'm not about to walk away from what I asked for, you know? So, um, right, right, so yeah, right. so we, we got in the studio, we did it, we knocked it out. We made that record. I ended up really, really connecting with uh, Wesley Walker, who's the artist and, uh, mm-hmm. and William who was managing Wesley. Um, and hmm. so William cook and I kind of stayed in touch. We ended up getting back together and, and working on the EP for Wesley after that. Um, at which point, uh, it was like a three song. We did like this, we did a lot of the songwriting and all the production and everything and just had a great time with it. And I got to know William a little bit better. And, um, he's just a really awesome guy. Like, um, uh, I explained, he has like the, the, he is the battery of the energizer bunny. So he just has <laughs> this over abundance of like positive energy. That's just, it's really contagious. It's really cool. And, um, I could just see that he was crushing it with Wesley and so, um, he called me and was like, Hey, I've got this idea in the back of my head about, you know, have you ever thought of doing a label? And other people had asked me this and I'd always told them like, you know, yeah, that's something that, you know, I, I know that's a huge need, uh, mm-hmm. in the area, but I, I'm, I'm just honestly not equipped right now to do it. But right. when William called, I, I kind of thought, well, maybe, you know, now's the time. So I said, well, William, let me just stop you right there. I cut him off. I said, everything you're talking about has already been like in the works for 10 years and we've got a plan, everything let, let come into the studio. Let me explain. And so William came in and I kind of showed him the vision of it and it lined well with his vision. And so he came on board to the label at that point. Uh, and we brought in Wesley, uh, and mm-hmm. H Deneen at first. Um, and it's been rocking and rolling since, uh, you know, we, we got, uh, Wesley page, dear Silas, little law mm-hmm. and, 
an announcement coming soon. And, uh, and <laughs> yeah, and the idea of the festivals kind of came through that as well. I can say mm-hmm. like uh, the festival concept of what Jackson Music Group does. A lot of that um, we can we can pin to Mr. William uh, to his genius. I think he called me one day and he's like, "I want to do a festival." Can we? Can Jackson Music Group do this? And I was like, "Sure, why not?" So mm-hmm. uh, we did, and we kind of uh, hashed out this formula of um, taking a headliner and then uh, booking a show with a headliner, and then uh, like building up our artist uh, mm-hmm. to a point where they can open up for that headliner. And then it's really the powers in the artist's hands now. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's three, four thousand people. Can you convert to fans? Like, here's here's an opportunity, basically. Um, and then it's on the artist to kind of step up and it's the powers back in their hand. And so that's sort of a fire hydrant version of the, how the transition came from, you know, producing records and engineering records and owning a recording studio into now the label is full on, uh, full steam as well. And, uh, we don't do, we, we don't do a lot of shows, uh, this year we're just doing the one last year we did one, uh, called Heyday Fest, um, but Jackson Fest is an annual event that we plan to do each year. We think it's going to be really great for our community. And we think uh, the benefits are going to go way beyond what, you know, any one label, hopefully many labels will be a part and many, many other studios will read benefits. Many artists will be able to launch careers, hopefully book many other tours off of, you know, these opportunities. So we really mm-hmm. believe this is going to be a big deal for our community. Yes. And I, and I believe it's going to be too. And, and uh, it's well needed. It's well needed. Agreed. And uh, some some artists that you're um, bringing in, uh, are some of the artists that I listen to. So it's, <laughs> ah, I'm awesome. very excited to um, to be a part of that. Um, well, I, I want to talk about another portion of uh, of what you uh, what you well we talked about we talked we were talking about the Jackson Music Festival and. Um, I, it just brought back to memory of your story to of, of how Questlove went back to get uh, Summer Soul, mm-hmm. uh, the documentary, and how um, they kind of took the doc took the um, the documentary and brought it to life. Mm-hmm. They could not get any type of production or anything on TV or nothing like that, and uh, black artists were kind of trying to make us make a name for themselves and kind of like the same situation artists are trying to make a name for themselves and they don't have the, the, the platform or whatever to do it. Right. Uh, and so, uh, the guy goes out and begin to get these artists and tell them, okay, we need you all to come here on this day. We need you to come here on this day. We need you to come here on this day. And yeah. over these three or four days, they created this documentary or this production thing that they wanted to sell to a, a TV channel. Well, they, nobody would buy it. Mm-hmm. And and so you said it took you a while to put it together and, and establish it. Uh, and now it's, it's, it's your time for it to happen. And so I'm just so excited to see what's going to happen and um, to see uh, some great artists that's going to perform and to see a lot of people out there enjoying some good music because yes. I, I believe Jackson needs some uh, some life put back into yes. it. Uh, Zach, and, can I, music can is I the jump way. in on that? What you just said, yeah. I, I think you had some really amazing things uh, yeah. that I completely resonate with. I, I think yeah. the idea of 
that I think that focus is correct, and I hope that mm-hmm. that can come across. I hope people can resonate with that too, because um, at the end of the day, if if our artists, which I believe are incredible in our scene, mm-hmm. and, and honestly, in way in like every genre you can think of, so many genres that the talent is so diverse um, that we honestly couldn't squeeze it all into this. But and right. we really tried. We we tried really hard. Right. Um, but the you know. There's next next year and the year after that, we'll continue to try and, and have as much mm-hmm. of an open big hug as we can. But I think right. what's really important is that the focus is on uh, the artist and that mm-hmm. this is really orchestrated and built as a as a platform to showcase what is already here and the and then intense hard work that these artists are already doing. And right. um I, I think what I hope doesn't happen is I hope people don't feel like uh, Jackson Music Group um, or Jackson Fest as something that we're doing is mm-hmm. any kind of weird attempt of us to like start something in our city because right. I, I genuinely believe like this, all of this shit is happening here already. Mm-hmm. Like it's incredible. The yeah. talent is amazing. We mm-hmm. want, we are a part of that community and we're trying to do our part to show what's already happening. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that right. message is Right. It's out. And it and it just and it just attaches itself to the movement itself of, of music. Exactly. Um and and um allows us to see a different light on on how music can, the collaboration and the community of music can can merge together. Podcasts right. can merge together in, in, in one uh, group called the Jackson Music Group and and and, and develop something that, that is diverse and shows uh, the love and the uh, the uh, the ability to be amongst each other and enjoy yes, music, diverse Absolutely. styles of music. So love you it. know, e- EDM and uh, rap and country and blues, yep. all those different yep. things are under one roof. And it's nothing yes. like being amongst people that love what you like to hear as well. I love it. So that's the great thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to know who are some of the people that you have worked with <laughs> and what did you gain from being around them? Man, that is a loaded <laughs> question, Zach. You know, I, I think uh, in one session, maybe somebody asked a question like I dodged it in that session, too. I don't mean to be political yeah. about that, but <laughs> I, I, it, my nature can't like I can't scale it. Like, I, I'm just yeah not designed that way, not knit that way. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm all in or mm-hmm. I'm all in somewhere else. <laughs> gotcha. Um, gotcha. So gotcha. if it's, if it's somebody that I've had the blessing of working with on a record, uh, that's, that's all of me. Like I, I put yeah. a piece of my soul is in that record. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I just approach life that way. That's, you know, that's just how I am. So there's no way for me to like, I would feel supremely like, I would feel like I'm going against my nature to try and list off because I would be like, mm-hmm. oh, what? I, we'd just be here all day because I would I would never be able to leave someone off that list because I believe in everyone that I get to work with. So yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Well, I, I I see where you I see where you're coming from, and um, I understand that that notion. And so um, I'll leave. Now, with if that. you have specific <laughs> questions, I could so, get into so, that. So I mean, so so I know that know, know that you and Dear Silence are very close. Uh, yes. So um, super close friend. Love that guy. Um, and um, I wanted to know, like, uh, like, th- how do you all kind of develop records together? 
uh, like what yeah. is the what is the the magic behind it? Uh, and well, then my Silas other friend... is the magic, a hundred percent. Okay, yeah, Silas <laughs> is the magic. Yeah, that, and that, I want to know. We can go on to the next question because uh, no, I'm, I'm, I I I'll... love creating with him. Yeah, and I want to know uh, my other favorite artist, J Cole, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, how did that come about? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, J. Cole is, in my experience, super humble. Uh, when I worked with him, reached out his hand unassumingly. I uh, just said, hi, my name is Jermaine. And I said, hi, my name is Shell. And we started working together. So mm-hmm. I, uh, that to me, like, speaks volumes of his caliber. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I did some live shows with him as a front of house engineer. And they were honestly just a ton of fun and no, uh, had no issues at all. We had right. the, I think there was one thing he did that was really fun. One time we did a show <laughs> and, uh, the, everything was done and like we finished mm-hmm. sound check and he was like leaving and he goes, what if we put some Edison bulbs, like hung some Edison mm-hmm. bulbs from the ceiling. And it was just like this random thing. And, but I remember thinking like, that's it. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's brilliant because that was one more thing that we could do fairly easily and it would make it a little bit better, but that's how he always was like thinking Mm -hmm. just, you know, what's what, what, like if a new idea that could make it better came into him, let's just do it. Like, Mm -hmm. why not? Let's make, why not make it absolutely the best? Right. Um, Right. So Uh, yeah. on detail, keen on detail. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You can hear that in the music. So, um, (laughs) you know, and Silas is like, Silas is, I learned more from him musically than almost anybody I, I have the pleasure to work with because he's just mm-hmm. so, so talented about right. like, things are so precise for him. Um, you know, we can, we could sit there and I could be like, man, what do you think of this baseline? And I'm just like vibing out. I'm, I'm feeling it. And he'll be like, yeah, it's good. It's good. What if you move this one note to the, and I change the note, just trusting, <laughs> just like part of me is mm-hmm. like, I don't want to change the note. This, this, mm-hmm. this, this is the shit. I'm not changing the note. And then I change the note, yeah. like he says, and it's like, my mind explodes. I'm like, yeah, you were right. That's way better. Let's record it like that. So <laughs> same thing. I feel like staying open to ideas and always being willing to like, right. no matter who's got the idea, like throw it out there. And if it's mm-hmm. let the best idea prevail and, and be willing to be vulnerable, just throw, yeah. throw the idea out there. That's, that's, how that's the important happens. thing that people need to know is to, mm. is to be open and yes. to uh, be vulnerable yes. in the, in the moment. Uh, Brene Brown always speaks about the, uh, the power of imperfection and mm-hmm. how we have to, you know, not be so much of perfectionists, uh, but coming to the moment with imperfection and, and mm. be vulnerable in that moment to know how we're going to get to the next place, or what we're going to do to 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 make major impact. I love uh, that, and so that so that others can be touched as well. And so, so uh, we're coming, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're coming to an end, uh, but but I have about three questions for you. Uh, but but if you could have coffee uh, with anyone, who would it be with and why? My wife, and because I just really want a little <laughs> bit more time with her than what I get, and she's the best. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, well, let me hurry up so you can go get that coffee with her. Uh, 
<laughs> I think she's probably done with coffee for today. What time? Yeah, she's done for the day. So I got. So yeah, hopefully tomorrow I'll get some more time for coffee. Yes, yeah. yes, that's the perfect thing. I yeah. can't wait to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers. So, uh, <laughs> uh, if you could have, uh, if you could, um, if you could recommend a book to read mm-hmm. uh, for someone that's starting out in producing or maybe doing management. Um, and trying to, you know, manage a particular artist or manage their business because you're an entrepreneur. Mm. What, are, what are like two or three books that you would recommend that someone I'm should I'm so glad you said two up? or three because one would be impossible. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a book by uh, Mark Batterson called In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. Um, mm-hmm. That is a great book. It's going to help probably one-tenth of the people that listen to this because it'll resonate with their personality type like it did for me. Mm-hmm. But for those yeah. of us that are kind of geared this way, it's mm-hmm. might as well be essential life reading. It's so good. Mm. Um, I think How to Win Friends and Influence People is a great book on how important humility is. I think mm-hmm. that book really helped me transition what we talked about earlier from how to, how to like my energy back to understand what my role is to like actually help uh, promote and, and push uh, showcase the, the artist and their vision. I think I learned a lot of great lessons from that book. Um, Dale, is it Dale Carnegie wrote it? I Dale think. Carnegie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's mm-hmm. a fantastic book. Um, and uh, I, there's like, I'm, there's like three or four right on the, on the, on the edge of that. Go on and tell them. (laughs) Let's see. And they're all for different reasons. I mean, to be honest, the same kind of lifestyle reasoning, I would would highly Mm -hmm. recommend the the book of Proverbs. I think there there are some concepts in there, like uh, the beginning of wisdom is to want wisdom. And Mm -hmm. like, that's, I mean, that should be something that we just sit and chew on and meditate on every day. Um, So I think that that book has a lot of really beautiful, amazing, challenging things. Um, mm-hmm. There's another book called Getting Naked, and I can't remember the author, but it's a business fable. It's got a blue cover, um, mm-hmm. and it talks about, you know, being, being uh, again, being willing to be vulnerable to the process. That I think if you're wanting to be an entrepreneur, uh, if I had to classify those, like if you're wanting to be an entrepreneur, the Getting Naked book, it's a blue book. So it's called mm-hmm. Getting Naked, a Business Fable. Um, I would highly recommend that no matter what business area of business you're going into. Um, if you want to just have, if you want to learn how to have a authentically helpful personality, I would recommend how to influence and influence people. I think the title mm-hmm. makes, makes you think it's going to be about dominating, but it's, it's the inverse of that. It really helps. Mm-hmm. I think it helps people understand how to, how to serve the needs of the people around them, which helps right. everyone move forward. Right. Um, and then the other book, the in a pit with a lion on a snowy day, I think that's more of a, a person, a, like a personality, like how, how do you want to attack life? Like what, mm-hmm. how do you want to find fulfillment and get, and get something out of life on a personal level? I would recommend mm-hmm. that. So those are just three books or four books, including Proverbs off top. So, yeah. I got you. I got you. And, and I will add on to that, that, that Brian Zahn, uh, Brian Zan says that um, that reading a Proverbs a day helps to uh, helps you to continually 
have personal development and balance mm. in your life. And yeah. so um, it, it brings you to uh, your closeness to yourself and also to God himself. And so, Beautiful. yeah, yeah. Well, uh, my last question in which I like to ask every person is what does merge mean to you? What does merge mean to you? Um, growth. <laughs> yeah. Why is that? I think, I think that in every instance, if, if you, if you walk in like this, um, the the best case scenario could have that could happen out of this is you defeat something. Mm-hmm. But if you walk in like this, no matter what, both parties are going to move forward in a great direction. So I think right. merge means growth. For me. Okay. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, merge podcasters, my wonderful people. I'm so happy to be able to share with you, uh, my good friend, Shell Ings. And I hope that you uh, will follow his, uh, social media at Shell Ings and also at Jackson Music Group and uh, buy your ticket. Be a part of the experience. And if you got to fly in, uh, you can get you a hotel downtown. We'll make That's sure right. that you're taken care of. That's right. <laughs> and so uh, we'll see you there. And I'm so happy to be able to share with you today. Talk to you later. Peace. Thanks, Zach. All right. <laughs>